What's up? Welcome to another edition of the Nerd Thursdays Poker Podcast with Anthony Idahogi and Brian, not the man, Keen. Uh, we are hanging out, uh, but make sure that you check out our sponsor, theslotsquad.com. Go there for all the exclusive signups. Uh, they're the number one legal stream team in the United States with all the legal sign-up bonuses, match bonuses, free money for all the sites. A new ones got just added now for New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Michigan called Twin Spires. Uh, that's brand new, so go over there, check it out, theslotsquad.com. You can sign up for all those sites, including the new one, Twin Spires, and some of the new sports books as well are up there as well. So go there, get in there, get your free money, take advantage of it, and it also supports us as well, so we thank you. So theslotsquad.com, go check them out. thinking i might actually um my handle like not the man i might actually change it to random follower random follower because Why? how many times do you see on like twitter one random follower will be selected <laughs> and i just want to be like yo <laughs> random, follower. random follower there you are <laughs> yo why wouldn't you pick I'll, the I'll, random follower I'll, I'll, I'll update i'll help you update your twitter and bring you up to the 21st century i think here. i might be random follower we're back from vegas man I know. It's it been sucks. a while since we've recorded. It's been, what, almost two months. Well, Vegas kind of threw a... Vegas a threw us off, it. and then yeah. I got sick, and then... So yeah, I had yeah. the vid now. I joined the team vid. Team vid. I, I, I survived. I'm back in here now. So, uh, you know, but Vegas was uh, not good for me, man. Yeah, I mean, I didn't do <laughs> I didn't do as, as bad as um, I usually do, I guess you could say. <laughs> I mean, I usually have... Uh, past couple years, pretty bad Vegas uh, experiences, just poker wise, tournament wise. Um, but this time, I actually I actually came back with a little bit of profit. Um, oh, really? Yeah, Did a you? little bit. I mean, oh yeah, because you had that one, right? Yeah, I, a, a, sh- a small score, nothing too crazy. Yeah. But I kind of I kind of went into it on a small heater, some online hits I had. Yeah. So I didn't blow my uh, my roll out there, but. Um, it was good though, man. I I enjoyed it a lot more than the summer, only because the weather was fucking perfect. Yeah, it was like jeans and light hoodie weather oh like my every God, day, dude. Like, but unfortunately, it's not gonna happen again. But yeah, it I was, know, I know. It was it was nice. The only thing that sucked though, I wish it was like a little bit warmer because I wanted to go in the pool. The pool, yeah. yeah. The pools were like it was like just yeah. just cold enough where I was like, ah, I'm not going in the pool today. Um, what I did like about this trip though, like, I got to go to almost every poker room in vegas for the most part like i i kind of did my own little like poker room tour while i was there i got to see some of the rooms i hadn't got to visit in previous trips i got to see the orleans which was cool Mm -hmm. um you know we went out we went to the resorts world we checked that out we're gonna do a review next month on the next podcast we're gonna do a resorts world so if there's anything you want to talk about guys uh send it our way but yeah we're gonna do a little review on that next podcast yeah, I mean, it was good. I, I got, you know, I've been to the wind before, but I got to play, like, a lot of cash at different rooms than than just staying at the Flamingo. And Yeah, the win. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah. When I got stacked <laughs> for 900. What was, the, what was the hand the dude called me with? King, King six. six of Diamonds. King Six yeah. of Diamonds. I'm not even going to mention the dude's name because I'm not even going to give him credit because he does have, like, 
some big wins under his name, but dude just was drunk and just called off Spewy in a hand that I should have won a $900 pot. But, you know, like, there was two spots like that on my trip. Like, if I would have won those two spots, like, it would have been a decent trip. Yeah, yeah. You know, yep. just... And it wasn't even that it was a heads up. It was a three-way <laughs> It was three-way, and so I was like, still favored. I you're, was... Looking, you're looking at 3X was... your, your ship, which was have been would have been nice. I know. I was still extra there, but um, all good. But, uh, you know, uh, next year we talked about it already. You guys can go back and check it out. Uh, Rio is moving the World Series of Poker over to Bally slash Paris. Um, last week there was a shooting there. I don't know if you saw it's this. Crazy. I know, I saw, I saw. <laughs> like on the on the floor, people were like, "Dude, I can't wait for the World Series here next year." Like people on Twitter were like <laughs> trashing it. I was like, "Oh my god!" Yeah. Uh, so Bally's already op- like opened their poker room in anticipation of of the series because I don't I don't think they had had a poker room prior to that. Oh, so, so it is open. Yeah, from what I understand, they, they're they're just getting it off the ground. So. Um, what's crazy is it's like six months, like a quick turnaround, man. So, uh, I think it was Kev Mather said that by January 1st, like we should pretty much have like a pretty loose schedule of like, hopefully the main event, like all the, all the main things, uh, the big events at least we should have a skeleton schedule by the beginning of January because you know. Literally six months, so we got to mm-hmm. start talking. It just, it, you know, it seems weird because it's like we just got back, and it's like it's still fresh in my mind. And now we're yeah. like, okay, got to start planning again for next month, so uh, next year. So I already started like filling out, you know, my schedule. What kind of when I can figure out to go? Maybe probably the end of June again or beginning of July. Yeah, you, that's usually gonna work. The work best for me is the end of June. Um, I'm really, really hoping though that like they take a lot of the player feedback because I know a lot of people have been talking about you know, structures and offerings and different types of games and shit. One thing that I would love, love, love to see on the schedule would be a mystery bounty. Cause yeah. dude, these things well, they are were to, They were supposed to have one, I guess, before COVID, and then it got scratched. Oh, really? They were talking about that. That was happening, I guess it was, I don't even know what year it is, dude. I guess it was the 2020 it was supposed to be scheduled for. Because, no, 2020 was canceled, right? Yeah, So it 2020 was, was online, yep. But it originally, when the first schedule came out, they were going to do a mystery bounty. Ah. Uh, yes. Yeah, those mystery bounties are fucking... Dude. I, I love watching the videos. It's such almost. a sweat. Like, yeah. I watch them, and I see the dude pull, like, the 100K, and I'm like, could you imagine, like, that dude busted in, like, 300th place or whatever, <laughs> yeah. and he's pulling, like, more than the first place guy's going to make in the whole tournament. I think like, it's, it's just such a fun element, because the money's all there. It's just distributed. Like, you either just get a shitty bounty, like, 50 bucks, or you're going to get a big dog, like... You know, so I think that that's just so much fun. You know, so I think how it works too, like, and I didn't like I haven't obviously played one, but I think you don't get the bounties until day two, where like day one plays standard. Once you get the day two, is when the bounties start to pick up. Okay, I don't necessarily know if that's true or not because again, I haven't played it, so I'm not following the structure. But it doesn't seem like day one of the tournament you're accruing bounties that are eligible for the pool. I think it's you day have to two. make day two, and then it starts. Okay. Well, hopefully next year we'll have the advantage. I mean, it would be nice. Try be nice. to uh, do that, and I think it would be pretty fun. But I love watching those, like, pool uh-huh. videos. Like, they're uh-huh. so much fun to watch. Yep. Um, all right. So now moving on to some unfortunate news, and we're going to be cheesy and pull out our jackets here. Yeah. We why? Got, we why? Got, in memoriam. Yeah. So why? Oh, hold on. Why are we pulling out black jackets or that one's gray, I think. I don't even know if it's going to fit you, dude. It might not. I might bust through this it's thing. All right, that's an old my jacket swole, I had. My swole back. <laughs> so. Oh, I can't even get it this one. There, there we go. go. Okay. Uh. And I got Wait, hold on. 
I got my poker tie. It's not a tie, though. But <laughs> got my official poker tie here. Uh, unfortunately, it was announced, and I pull it up here because this is the first place I saw it at. But um, it could have been reported earlier. Can we get the death march going. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, dude, when I read this, I was actually pretty sad. Dude, I honestly was like, are you kidding me? The Flamingo Poker Room has announced uh, that they are going to close. Um, they've been open, it says, since 2012, it looks like. This was reported by Las Vegas, or VegasAdvantage.com, was the first place I saw it on uh, Twitter. And so before the series, what had happened was um, they had been a, d a dealer shortage. So they were pour pulling deal dealers from other casinos uh, to be ha to have them at the World Series. The Flamingo was one of them. Well, uh, it was announced that uh, they were not reopening when uh, the series was open over, which is kind of a dick-ass move because there was a bunch of dealers that probably went over there just thinking like, okay, you know, after the series is over, we'll go back. I'll go back to work. And, like, dude, it's, what, three weeks to, I mean, I don't know what time you're going to hear this, but it's, like, three weeks to Christmas, mm -hmm. and you're laying off these dealers? Like, that's such a dick-ass. I know. So I hope to God, and I don't know any dealers from the Flamingo personally, but I hope to God they gave him some kind of decent severance package. But then again, it is Caesar, so I'm assuming. They're probably, probably going to give him an offer, like, you want to go deal at Caesars? Go ahead. You want to go deal at Bally's? By all means. I mean, something, at least. Hopefully they kept their job and they just moved them somewhere because, um, it, this is right here. It says three days before it was uh, set to reopen. Flamingo told its poker staff that the closure will be permanent. The Bravo app was updated to reflect this. So this is uh, this is official news. Uh, there used to be eleven tables at the Poker Flamingo room. Uh, this was one of my favorite and Brian's favorite cash rooms. Absolutely, there were such soft games there, especially during the series. I mean, I, there's so many years I had made back a lot of my money just by playing in these cash games. Um, 39 Las Vegas poker rooms have closed since 2012. Like, that just tells you, like, the boom is just... I know. That's crazy, though. So at one point, there was 39 extra rooms, and, like, they're all closed. I mean, a lot of them were, like, little crappy ones that had, like, two or three tables. But there was a couple decent-sized ones, like, including, like, Harrah's, The Mirage. Um, they Planet all Hollywood was on there. And the big one, Binion's, uh, which obviously yep. is just the notable name uh, all these poker rooms have closed, and uh, unfortunately, we got to go to the funeral of the Flamingo. Yep. Because, you know, I have some video and pictures I'll try to put up during this segment here, but uh, it sucks because it was it was one of my favorite rooms. And the other thing, too, is, and I really don't understand this push because you're making a push this year to go back to the Strip, right? Mm -hmm. You're pushing to get poker players to the Strip, Okay. So wouldn't you want all your poker rooms on the strip to be yeah, you live, would think. right? You like would think, you yeah. want that because that's just promoting the you're you're filtering all your people there to go to the World Series. Like you know, come in. We got poker games here. We're advertising here. Go to wsp.com. Go to our thing. I don't know, man. I don't understand WSP marketing. I'm always a huge hater on them because it just drives me nuts the way they handle things. And it's like your biggest asset that makes money for you is the brand, the WSP brand, and it's like they just like treat it like complete crap, man. So this is what I don't understand, and maybe maybe it was in response to COVID, and it's just something that we like didn't get to see because we, we weren't out there last year in 2020, but like I could absolutely get behind closing a poker room if it's a dead room. You know, if you got like two or three tables, you're struggling to get a game going, a lot of breaking, a lot of dead dealers just kind of hanging out, early outs, whatever. But every time, 
I've been at the Flamingo playing. There's cash games running. That cash game, that room, that room is. I don't want to say it's packed, but it's it has a a a pretty steady flow of tables going. They got a tournament going that that does fairly well nightly or daily. You know, thirty, forty, fifty runners every day. Yeah. And I mean, again, it's it was a good, solid, I would think, profitable room for. The Flamingo. Even if it was even if it was break even, you had all those people in your casino every day. I know. And the thing about it was, it wasn't a huge section. Like I get it. Like sometimes they they build these they built these huge poker rooms, and now they got to kind of like you know restrict it and bring it back down so they can make space for other things. It was in like a small little corner, like mm-hmm. tucked in a corner. Like what are you gonna put in there? Twenty slot machines. Seriously. Like what? I know. What What are you putting in there that you know? I don't know. Maybe I, it'll be temporary. Like, maybe it'll be just, like, something they're going to do some renovations and, and reopen it. But, I mean, I'll be perfectly honest. We we go to the Flamingo for two things. We go for the pool and we go for the poker room. And now yeah. I don't even know if, if we would even want – I'm not saying we wouldn't want to go back, but I'm saying, like, I may be more inclined to go Somewhere, elsewhere yeah, yeah. just because the the hassle this year of having to go to other rooms and other casinos to play – poker was Suck. i don't want to say it was annoying but to no, some extent it, it was it was like because sometimes you're just like you know what what are you gonna do for a couple hours i'm just gonna go downstairs and play cash exactly you know, i don't have to take an uber i gotta spend 40 extra bucks to get here mm-hmm. to go there where are you at you're over here i don't mean like it's like yo where are you at i'm downstairs okay and we yep. would all meet up and like play a little bit and then we go to dinner like it was just very convenient to just have that and then you know this past year even at the rio you had some of the main cash games going on but it's still not the same like personal feeling like no. you're just you're warehousing the cash games and it's like i don't know i don't like it at all so that and that was a good thing with it too like we we have been staying there for several years like we and like we would come back every summer and we would see the same dealers and it was like yeah what was so crazy is like they they would recognize us and be like yo you're you're uh you're from jersey right philly and like they would remember you and i don't want to say like that's like you know, whatever the the customer service end of things, but it it kind of felt like your poker room, home, yeah, like yeah. away from home because we were there I mean? so much. Like you know, they knew they recognized you and went through it. Yeah, but rest in peace, Flamingo Poker. R.I.P. We hope to see you another day soon. Uh, this actually happened while we were out there, and I got wind of it. Like we were okay, so we were at Resorts World uh, the day before this started. Um, so this guy, Zach Gensler, 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 I don't know how to pronounce, actually pronounce it, but spelled G-N-S-L-E-R. If you want to see more about it, go to uspoker.com. There's a story on it called The Time Traveler. Um, this guy set the world record at the Resorts World for the longest poker hour uh, session ever. So the previous record was held by Phil Locke. This got a lot of attention. It was at, at the Bellagio set in 2010. It was for the longest poker session, um, you know, in a row. And then uh, this guy, Zach, set the record at 124 hours. That's crazy. That's absolutely mind-blogging. I'd be but, broke. <laughs> so he end, he actually ended up down uh, about 1200 bucks after the session. Um, really? What was pl- he playing? One-two. Oh, okay. Um, but he was break-even around the one, I, he said like the 110 mark or 115 mark. He was like break-even for the whole trip. And then I guess the last couple of hours he went on a little bit down spiral there, but I mean, that's what what is that? How many days is that? Four days, right? 
No, no, four, th- six days almost. Is it really? Well, no, six days would be 144 hours. So it was five days. Five days, dude. Five days. And so he would take 15 minute breaks where he could go to the bathroom, lay down in his car for a couple minutes, get something to eat, and then he would go back. Like he didn't go to a hotel and sleep, didn't like, you know, just went for it. And so that, you know, he had done like an 80 hour session before and he was like, he felt kind of fine after that. And he's like, I could probably do longer. And so he said, like, he's always just been the type of person where, like, he would go on trips and, like, be able to drive for, like, two days straight, like, no no sleep. sleep. He just has this, like, mentality that he could just not do it, you know. Uh, And that – I can't even go, like, a day without keeping my eyes – I couldn't even imagine, man. What's the longest poker session you ever did that you can remember? Maybe 20 hours. Yeah, I'm, like, 16, 17-hour range, like, straight, like, maybe – had a lunch break or something in there, but maybe 16, 17 hours. Yeah. I, I mean, some of these guys that say they play for like two, three, I'm like, how dude? like, how do you play for two days straight? Like, so I don't, I won't even want to say it's a session because it wasn't a session, but the one, the one tournament that I did win, it started at 11 and it got done at like six thirty in the morning. So it was a one oh, the day. Regatta, the Regatta yeah, one. So, yeah. So like that, was like tw- nah. that was like almost twenty hours. Yeah, that's crazy, man. Um, but you're riding the. I mean, in you're riding like the that, high. You're riding the high. Yeah, you know I, mean, I mean, like after do- day two or three here, I w- I would assume like I don't know. It's probably a high in the beginning. It's probably just sucks in the middle, and then near the end though, the last day or two, like I know a lot of people because I had reached out to this guy because I saw him posting. And I knew I was going to do something on it, um, so I had asked him a couple questions about it. But I know the last day, like, a lot of people were stopping by and, like, checking in on How many so, Red like, Bulls he drank? Bro, I don't know what. <laughs> I want to ask them all kinds of questions. Like, <laughs> did you keep track of how many cups of coffee you had? Like, I don't know, man. But that's, uh, so it was submitted to the Guinness Book of World Records. They had to use security footage, his comp tracking, like, car to make sure he was there. And then he actually personally did a vlog every hour checking in from oh, the table. Cool. Uh, he would post on Twitter every single hour. But yeah, he was down twelve hundred bucks uh, after that. But he said that's it. Like he's never gonna do that again. Like that's it took him. So here's the thing: he did it right, and I talked to him again a week later. He's like, dude, it took me like over a week for my body to get back. He said his body was screwed up for like oh, he felt like crap for like a week straight. Well, yeah, if you're staying up for five days straight, yeah. More, like, well, really, more than five days because because five days is one hundred and twenty hours. Yeah, so, so a little more than five yeah. days. That's... Five days of four hours. Well, congratulations, sir, because that is a sick ass record. I mean, but I would love to know, like, and I don't know if you asked him, like, like how did he coordinate it with the room, and th- what does he get anything for the accomplishment other than just notoriety? Like, no, I don't. So he coordinated with the uh, floor person. It's in here somewhere. Um, he had spoken to. I guess he was talking to people at Aria first because he did an eighty-hour session there, and they kind of like encouraged him to do it. And then he hooked up with the uh, floor person at Resorts World, and they, like, gave him permission to, like, record his vlog. And the uh, the main floor people actually have to be his, like, um, I don't want to say spokesperson, but they have to be his voucher that he actually did it. Did so, what he claimed. Yeah, so done. he had to um, check in with them beforehand and set it all up uh, to go. But I was surprised because they didn't really put, like, too much out about it. Like, I just kind of found out about it randomly that he was doing it. And, you know, like, so someone says something like that, like, I'm going to put this out there, like, day two, you're like, okay, whatever. But then, like, day four happened, I was like, oh, shit, this dude's doing it, man. Yeah. Like, this is going to be legit, so. I wonder if anyone was, like, targeting him. 
Like if he was like open, <laughs> you were like, I'm all in. <laughs> what? You going bust? <laughs> but um, I did see, uh, I think it was uh, Jennifer Tilly, who is Phil Locke's wife or girlfriend. Uh, she actually congratulated him on accomplishing and beating um, Phil's record. So, um, yeah, but that's crazy. I just Kudos wanna, to him. Yeah, and only twelve hundred. That doesn't seem like that much. I'd lose twelve hundred in like a week, <laughs> an hour. <laughs> yeah, seriously, <laughs> four hour session. I'm down a G. I'm like, fuck. Yeah. So he did better than me that week. So that's good. <laughs> that's good. Taking this thing off, I can't even breathe. All right. Um, I'm going on to the next one here. Uh, so we do a poker room review pretty much every month. Uh, I'm trying to finish up uh, our New Hampshire tour. We're still talking about that because there's a lot of cool things up there. So this was the Phil Timo uh, Manchester poker room uh, that we visited this summer up in New Hampshire. Now, first off, uh, the only real negative thing i got to say about it is the name is confusing, okay? Because when I was searching it, it was coming up as like Manchester poker room because it's in Manchester, New Hampshire. But then it was coming up as Phil Timo Casino and Restaurant. So I'm like, wait, is it a restaurant, is it a casino, or is Manchester Poker Room? Is that the same thing? It's all the same thing. They just, like, call it different stuff. Uh, it's the Filipino Casino that has a Manchester Poker Room in it. It's got a weird layout of the actual casino. Um, it's, like, spread completely horizontal. It's, like, one strip. Um, but, again, all these New Hampshire casinos are very small. But the Poker Room there is the biggest Poker Room in um, New Hampshire has 30 tables in there and they're talking about expanding uh, more so I went there because they had a uh, poker tournament uh, so th they have like weird like I, we talked about it before how they have the charity and things like that yeah they have some weird things in place though which are kind of like I don't know it doesn't really make sense like so for example you can't um, place a bet on certain things uh, so high. So you can't play a tournament. They can't have tournaments higher than I think it's $250, okay? But you can bet $100,000 on sports betting. Like, there's just weird things that are in place in New Hampshire that are just like, who wrote this? But anyway, I was looking up for tournaments, where to go visit. Uh, me and Joe went up and checked this place out. Everyone said, dude, they go check this place out. They have fun tournaments. Um, so what they have is a 60-60-60. It's basically a $60 um, buy-in. And then you can do one rebuy. I believe it was for sixty bucks. And then they have one add-on for sixty. So Man, I haven't seen a, a tournament like that since like Trop Tropicana days. Yeah, like, you would you'd be able to do a rebuy and an add-on. Yeah, so they have a rebuy and an add-on. So it comes out to be a hundred eighty dollar tournament. They called it sixty sixty sixty. Um, we got told they're like, dude, you got to go there early. We get there a little bit too early because they let you in the door, but you can't register till a certain time. So you do have to wait in line. And see, they only take. Um, eight or nine tables worth of people. So 80, yeah, I wrote it down here. They only take 80 entries into the tournament. Um, I don't know if that's going to eventually expand, but they only take 80 entries in the tournament. So everything over that is an alternate. And the way the structure plays, like, you got to be there from the beginning because being an alternate is just, like, not worth it by the time you get in. You have, like, eight big blinds. Yeah, it's like a super turbo. Yeah. But um, ended up doing well. Ended up coming in 10th place. I made a little money for the day, so that went well. Um, overall, it's a great... Uh, little casino check out but like i said they have a lot of cash tables going so it was nice but the one thing that's the bonus about this place this this is the place to go for greek food i don't know if you ever had greek food dude oh uh, yeah absolutely okay. dude i have remember mario's michaelitis dude yeah 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 so his mom used to make us uh greek food every august for his birthday and i always looked forward to that meal i was like dude we would eat at his house like he'd invite all his friends over 
And so this was like the first time since then that I had like authentic Greek food. It was so good, man. It was so good. We ate it for lunch. Uh, I don't even know. I don't even know what the stuff's called, but it's like spinach and like um, I don't know, like a flaky. Spanakopita. I did. I can't pronounce That's any of what it. it. I think it's. Spanakopita. I just looked at the pictures. Of it. I was like, I want that. I want that. Ah, uh, man, they give you so much food. And we're talking to some other people there, and like, yeah, this place is like known, and this this is like the place to go to. Anywhere's in New Hampshire for Greek food. So, you know, like most time you go to a casino, it's like, eh, okay, food, whatever. But like the Greek food there, like it's definitely worth just going for that if you were in the area for that, for sure. We met this dude. I got to put a picture up. I'll put a picture up here. I've seen him around at other tournaments. And so he was talking to Joe because Joe, you know, Joe talks to everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so his name is Frank the Skullman Harrington, like the complete character. Like the skull, yeah, man. dude. He wears like you know, like how Mike has his stupid little skulls, yeah. right? Like this dude has like skull rings and skull hat, and like so. Him and Joe were like busting balls all the time, but dude, again, great people, like really nice people up there. I really can't say enough about the New Hampshire people. Um, Tony Bantis was the uh, floor manager. We spoke to him. He was very hospitable uh, to showing us around, letting me record. It's dude, it's so awesome out there. Like they let you stream. Like I did a TikTok stream from the casino. They don't have and again, eighteen years old to get in. I was like gambling next to eighteen year olds. It was so weird, dude. It was so weird. It's like, aren't you in high school, dude? Like so, um, but again, another great place to check out. If you're in New Hampshire, definitely, definitely, definitely recommend the food. They have a cool little bar there as well. And they are a uh DraftKings official sports book. So they don't have mobile apps yet up there. Everything you got to bet in person. In person, yeah. There's yeah. two DraftKings sports uh, areas. Now they have a cage, like a sports book cage, and they have a bar with like TVs and everything. Now they had an empty room that was in the back, and I asked the dude, I'm like, "What's going back there?" And he's like, "Well, we're thinking about maybe a sports book lounge or putting in these table games. We're not sure yet." So they were talking about putting in like a sports book, actual like chill lounge area. They also have a huge effing bingo room, dude. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yo. Love me some bingo. Did you ever work the, like, St. Casimir's bingo nights when you were growing up? Or, like, St. Peter? <laughs> Did you ever do them yeah, for, yeah, like, yeah, school? Yeah. yeah. So it reminded me of that, like, all these old ladies back there smoking cigarettes. I just shit. set the tables up for bingo back in the <laughs> Yo, day. I remember how much smoke was in the air. Oh, my God. It was ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Like, imagine being a kid nowadays and then, like, sending you into a, a bingo room and being like, <laughs> come, out yeah. with, come out with emphysema. <laughs> <laughs> did they have uh did they have any like progressives high hand bonuses anything like that or was it just standard cash games uh they do they have some like daily stuff nothing that was like to write home about but they did have some like daily high hands and little bonuses i don't remember that i'm having a baby jackpot though i lost my notebook so i can't even tell you what it was exactly but oh, right. they did but i played a little cash to start and then i jumped in the tournament once it got up and running um but you, it was also funny because I saw, like, as I went to different places, I saw some of the same people because they, like, kind of go where, like, there's only, like, this place only had the tournament on Saturday, this this tournament. So, if you were, it's not like other places where there's a tournament every single day. So, people were going here just for this. And yeah, yeah, yeah. So, we saw like, people. Like, this place has a tournament this day, this place has yeah, a tournament yeah. that day. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. So, but, uh, again, man, it's the, man so, if you get confused, Manchester Poker Room in the Filatimo uh, restaurant and casino, and then DraftKings Sportsbook uh, as well there. So definitely worth checking out, a uh, little review. But, yeah, I highly recommend it. Uh, and the tournament's fun, but the structure's like, eh, it's okay. It's more of a turbo. So go check that out for sure. Uh, topic advice for your 20-year-old self. Well, 21-year-old self. Twenty. Yeah, well, if you're in New Hampshire, it's 18. So True. 
True. If you're 21 years old, what advice would you give yourself? Um, I guess this kind of came up because of the Time Traveler article that you did. We're talking about, like, man, if I had known now, or if I had known then what I know now in regards to poker, um, kind of how we would have approached things differently. Because, again, we're in our late 30s. We've been playing poker for, uh, you know, over 15 years. I would say seriously maybe for, like, the last 10 or so. Um, But... Nowadays, kids, and I say kids because if someone's 21, I think he's a kid. Kids are getting into poker well before they're even legally permitted to play. And they're they're just a way ahead of the curve when it comes to just strategy and game theory and all kinds of shit. But they're probably still making the same mistakes that we made in regards to um, just being a 21-year-old kid. So um, you go ahead. You start. Listen, I'm going to throw this one out there because it's not poker-related, but it's also poker-related because it's casino-related. Stop wasting money going to the clubs. It doesn't work, right? Like, I'll <laughs> go, listen, know. I'm going to throw this out there. I'm dead serious, right? You win some money at the poker game, you go and spend $1,500 oh, on yeah, bottle absolutely. service, right? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, Just yeah. throwing money out the window. Listen, I'm going to tell you a secret. If you're trying to – now, listen, I'm out of the game. I'm not. I'm not in the game anymore. Wait, wait, okay? wait, wait. Hold on. I'm not. Don't in the say game. anything that's going to put you make you look bad to the public out there. Hold on. Mind not. your p's and q's before you say what you're about to say. I'm going to say this. Listen, you're more likely if you're going to pick up a girl or someone else, you're better off going to the local little casino bar or the pool bar and you know investing your money there and hanging out, and having a good time. You can actually talk to women or men or whatever you're into uh, there. Wasting $1,500 in the club at the casino after you just scored a big cash and throwing it all out the window is a huge <laughs> mistake. See, I don't know. I, <laughs> I, I, I slightly disagree with you only because it depends on the setting that you're playing cards. Now, if you're going somewhere to play poker and it's like a, it's like a vacation slash poker trip. Yeah then I can kind of get behind going out a night or two and, yeah, yeah. and spending some money. I mean, but, especially for, I would say, especially for the younger guys. Yeah, but some of these dudes go out, like, at, like well, every yes, night, absolutely. dude. They're hitting the clubs every night, dude. Like, and, Well, that's the thing. You'll And you'll even see, like, some of the prof, the, the professionals and their memoirs, when they talk about the things that they did when they hit it big, that's one of the things that they did was they just spent way too much time partying and not enough time focusing on bankroll management that's what that's where i'm going that's where i'm going no i know yeah yeah like you know listen go out to the club have fun once in a while but dude if you're like the dude that's blow like you just hit like you know a hundred thousand dollar score and you're just hitting the club every week dude dropping like two g's every week like bro you're just burning yeah no no that's what i'm talking about like you go out once in a while cool but if you're trying to like meet some women you're trying listen i'm telling the local bar or the local pool bar dude you'll spend a tenth of what you'll spend in the club, and you'll have probably just as good as time, and you'll actually meet some people, and you can talk to them, and you won't be setting your role on fire, which put me into my second part is bankroll management overall. See, I guess I kind of disagree because I wasn't winning <laughs> a ton of money when I was 21 to be spending in clubs. I was really just spending money in clubs. <laughs> so I, I don't want to give that advice to myself. Like, if I had maybe binked back then, sure, but I wasn't binking shit at 21. If anything, <laughs> I was giving away money. Um, but, yes, definitely bankroll management is huge. Um, I mean, 
For me, I would, look, man, I worked at PetSmart when, when I was 21. Like, legit stock and shelves of dog food and shit. Whatever money I had, it was going to two things, alcohol and poker. I was eating ramen noodles for about six years of my life, dude. Like, I mean, shit. But, yes, um, I mean, definitely bankroll management and, like, actually – having a role that's that's committed to strictly poker and not where like all right i'm gonna go play i win 400 bucks and i'm making my rent payment with 200 of that like that's i think my biggest thing that i kind of look back on was i didn't i started getting into bankroll management but it was it was something was kind of all replaced because i would just like load 200 bucks online like play 500 dollar two five game like my my range of what i was playing was all over the place you Mm -hmm. know so it's like I should have just, you know, at certain points, just put a thousand online and just grinded the shit out of like ten dollar and twenty dollar tournaments and built my roll up. Yep. But I would just be like, all right, I'm up five hundred bucks this week. I'm gonna go play two five with it all. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and then I lose. I'm even that same spot, and then I'm loading hundred bucks online, two hundred bucks. Like, my bankroll was just all over the place, and I wasn't like hurting financially. Like, I was up a little bit, down a little bit. I would hit a little bit, and I won a couple little tournaments here and there. Like, but nothing, you know. Um, you know, nothing to the point where I should have been, like, and grinding the role. I think, realistically, if, if I would have spent maybe two or three years really developing my role, I would have got to where I am now faster, you know? So, I think just that of just kind of focusing on what you're going to be working on would be a lot better. Um, well, I mean, kind of going off that, you kind of mentioned it, and I said... Um, Invest. I would have invested more time in playing tournaments and less time in playing cash. And that was more. Now I wouldn't say necessarily cash live. It was definitely cash online. And look, it is what it is, and it's much more regulated now. But I think that a lot of people, like you and I, were very naive to the things that were going on in online cash games. Oh yeah. It, when we were in our early twenties, compared to now, and I'm sure a lot of it's still happening now. But man. Like, same thing. I would win money in a tournament, and then I'd be like, all right, I'm going to go spin this up, play one, two. And Meanwhile, you're playing against three Russian dudes that's what all I mean. sitting like, in the same room. Two or three room. guys that you know that they're they're having some sort of communication with another in, like, a group chat or yeah. – not a group chat, but, like, you know, a chat room or whatever it is. And it's like, man, I probably blew so much money trying to, trying to spin it up in cash when wow. if I had just stayed focused on the tournaments – you know, I probably would have grinded a much more, I would say, positive profit. Yeah, I think avoiding some of those games, like, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess picking better games is what you can kind of just overall yes, say. Yes, like picking making, better games. Picking better games, where to put it. I think this is one thing that we kind of messed up on, and, like, I mean, I don't want to say, like, we're all, my, our friends are all, like, smart, but I would say we're all, like, more above average intelligence, a lot of our friends. We should have started a study group earlier. And I don't know if it's, like, ego or pride or, like, oh, I ain't doing a study group. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I think we really just needed to get a couple of us that are, you know, still in the game today. If we, I know now we kind of, like, throw some group chat once in a while, like, some hands and we run it by some stuff. But I think realistically when, before we had kids, wives and all that stuff, if we literally had, like, an online study group once a week, I think that would have been huge. And yeah. I, I look back on that and think of that was probably one of our biggest mistakes um, in general, and it just, you know, and maybe it sounds a little bit corny, like, hey, guys, you want to have a study group? Like, you know, but realistically, I think we would have focused more and said, like, you know, w- where we wanted to be with our role and 
what the end result was, I think that would have been a lot more beneficial for us to get together and throw our mindsets together. Uh, I mean, you say that, and like, I I think it kind of goes with what I'm saying. What I said was like, take the ego out of it. Mm-hmm. Like, when you're 21, you yeah. think you know and have everything figured out. And I'll be the first to admit it that there was, um, I think like a an un unmentioned like competition amongst. Mo- I don't want to say most of us, but some of us in the sense of like, oh, I don't I don't want I don't want to give him any information on. You know yeah. how I play because I, I want to be the first one to win ten grand or I want to be the first one to, to to make it and like you you realize shortly after you have like a considerable downswing you're like man variance in this game is gonna get everybody like if you don't have a close knit group of people that you trust and you you don't bounce things off of you're never gonna improve like if you let your ego like oh, I'm not talking to Sakali about this because then he's gonna think like. No, nah, no, nah, I, w- I want to be better than him, and you, you know how it is. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I think it just has to do with like the age and maturity of, of being that young, and you think you, like you said, you have it all figured out, and it takes a little bit of just like, I don't say bad beats, but you learn. You're like, damn, like I might have won a thousand today, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. I lost ten thousand yeah. over the course of this year or whatever. So, um, I think the other thing too is like focusing, getting on. So we talked about this was the Sunday Mill. Uh, the Poker Star Sunday Mill, which was, you know, awesome tournament. And here in the United States, and some of you guys might be listening to this overseas and be like, oh, whatever, we still play these big events. But here in the United States, we're still, like, hurting to get these big events. Like, we get, like, maybe once a month a, like, 200K guarantee uh, tournament here online. That might be the biggest one, like, on a regular basis. And that doesn't even run. Most of them you might see a monthly 100K guarantee for, like, 215 bucks. Um and I think if we would have focused, again, building our bankroll, focusing on study groups, trying to get people, and even, like, you know, putting our money together and being like, hey, let's, you know, even doing something like that. I mean, I thought about that, too, is, like, you know, how many times have we put up stupid satellites, right, that we're all trying to get into the Sunday mill every week when our bankrolls are shit, where we could have just been like, yo, all right, I know. Four, four of us, we're going to put up 50 bucks a piece. We're playing a four-man game whoever wins you're in we all get a little piece of the pie like uh-huh. we could have been investing our money better and getting into more val- valued tournaments like that uh for sure i don't i think and and we talked about it in previous uh you know previous podcasts like we were spoiled in the sense that we never thought it wouldn't be available to us so we didn't really take advantage of it yeah. when we had the opportunity because again it it you know for twenty one year old two hundred fifteen dollars every week was yeah was 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 a hit. I yeah. mean, especially if you weren't bringing anything back on return. But you know, the few times that you did play it or you satellited it in or whatever, or it was like you know the double Sunday where like it was a two mil guarantee. You're like, oh yeah, you definitely got to do, do two mil. I'm definitely in it this time. Like, if if you had known that you were gonna lose it, yeah, we would have. You would have. You probably would have wasted less money playing cash. Dumping that two hundred dollars in a one-two game. Yeah, that was thing. Like you'd be like, "Oh, I'm playing two hundred fifteen-dollar tournament, but I'll go play a three hundred-dollar cash game." <laughs> yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, but again, you 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 know, this is why you go back in time. You tell your twenty-one-year-old self, like, "Listen, focus more on the tournament end. Definitely play more online. Getting those Sunday mills, the ones that have the top equity for the amount. Like, come on." You know, our one buddy, he wound up banking it for like 198 grand off a $215 buy-in. Like yeah. that is an absolute insane return, and it's done in a day. 
Yeah. Like it was a debt. It, it was literally like less than 24 hours. You would go through the Sunday mill and get paid out. Yeah. And even the uh, full tilt Sunday special they had was always a big one too. So it just, both those man were great. And then I think you put in here uh, as another one, like loosen up and bluff a little more. Yeah. Like, I guess get a little more aggr- aggressive in certain spots. Yep. I mean, I've always struggled with aggression and we've talked about this just in our like little study group. Um, just because it's just not, it's just not who I am. I just feel uncomfortable being aggressive in spots where I where I really don't have much. But again, that's something that I've improved over time. And I know for a fact, you know, when I first started playing, like, dude, you talk about range. My range was like <laughs> three hands. Oh my god! Kings and like, queens. It was boring. Now I couldn't even imagine playing my range at twenty one. Now I would be like sleeping at the table. And I'm not saying that I'm spewy, but you just learn how to like maneuver shit a little bit better without flopping yeah. hands, you know? I think just I think one of the biggest eye openers, and I guess this was uh probably the Dan Harrington's books when he first started talking about sea betting. That was like a huge like, oh shit, like you can bet the flop and not have a hand. Seriously. I was like, Wow, how's this work? Like so I think if I just would have learned that kind of stuff a little bit earlier, that would have been awesome. I mean, I learned that stuff pretty much early in the game i was reading those books early but um just learning about like spots where you could like semi bluff like what is a semi bluff oh wait this you can like do this here or you know so learning those spots of like being more aggressive um earlier because like you said like oh i missed the flop okay check 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 exactly i mean like that's just how you played think about how much money you get like think about how much money you actually gave away like when you were playing those events, like I couldn't even imagine being the guy on the other end, just like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this like, guy. Like you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, well, you know what's crazy too, and like this is now this is dating us when we say this. People are like, uh, like especially any young kids watching this right now, we started playing poker before YouTube. Yeah. We started literally playing before YouTube. So like the twenty-one year olds now, like you started in the beginning here, like they have such a huge advantage. Like you can watch so much free material dude so much free content so much i mean we had to buy a book you had to buy spend 35 bucks i mean we still buy books but um you would have to spend 35 books and so i think i think that's one of the things that i you know kind of thrown us off too because i feel like if we had youtube in the beginning and we had all that content now we could be sharing that in our groups like hey yeah. guys watch this video tell me what you think i mean you just get there's so much Dudes can go from, you know, zero to an 80% player probably in, like, a year of watching videos. Like, you can, where it took us probably 10 years. Oh, dude, yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, we talked about it even before we went out to, you know, Vegas. Like, like we're still learning a lot of things that, that the, and I just keep getting back to, the, that the kids now, like, they have the time to invest into it. Like, you, I mean, we don't have the same the same amount of time that that younger people have to like really hone in on their craft. Like, God, if I was 21 and I think about my day, like pfft, I'd be like, all right, I'm going to sleep till 11, uh, hit the gym. I'll be there till like two, uh, come back. Like, yeah, now it's like, I couldn't even buy batteries today because I had no time. <laughs> but do you know what I mean? Like, I know, I know exactly what you mean. Like, oh my god, up. I would take such advantage of that and just have and just became just such a better a better player then compared to now because now I'm like, 
man, I'm an old dog. I'm pretty much stuck in my ways. <laughs> There's not much I'm gonna. I, I did learn some new stuff this week. I am gonna lie, but I did. I've I've been I've been doing the um Jonathan Little my coaching. Uh, yeah, 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 I've yeah, been doing cool. it still. So yeah. I'm still working on the game, man. It's not paying off lately. I'm winning more in slots than I am playing poker. <laughs> <laughs> Look, like I said you transitioned to something else. <laughs> oh man. All right. Uh, so that's what we got for your 21 year old self. We've been kind of venturing every month, and we got two topics to talk about tonight. Uh, we've been venturing into the NFT world. It's been, again, it's we've been making more money doing NFTs than we Seriously. have been playing poker. So I guess we'll stick with this for now. Uh, it's been going pretty well for us uh, without getting in too much numbers. But uh, the first one, uh, so we've been putting stuff out there on Twitter and you know, I've been putting stuff on Facebook, and we've obviously been doing the podcast now. So we got in contact with um, this one guy on Twitter. He reached out. Uh, his name on there is – well, his name on Twitter is fish underscore broke, but his thing is brokefishpoker.com. And I had seen these a while back, but I didn't know they were NFTs at first. So he had made these little, like, Pokemon um, poker playing cards. playing cards and, like – they had like funny things on there. Like they had, I think like Phil Hellmuth and uh, there's a Dan Blazarian one. And there's a couple other like little random ones, but they're like, look like Pokemon cards, but they were poker man cards. So then he created uh, some NFTs. He actually uh, gave me one. He sent me one online again. Uh, he's not paying us to say this, but he did send us one just to be open and clear. So I got a wild bill Hitchcock uh, NFT. It's on my open seas now. Uh, so Which was actually, I mean, listen, I thought it was cool as shit. It was cool as shit because all I did, honestly, there it is, right there. Oh it, no, that's not it. That's the. So I'm on his page, broke fish. He's got all, his collection that's listed up there. I mean, the artwork is it's cool. It's man. incredible. Like some of them are just absolutely hysterical. Like yeah, white so magic the white, with the, Phil. Yeah, the Phil, So they all have like a poker theme, but they have something to do with like it's kind of making fun of the player as well. So this is the one I saw, the Teddy KGB that's one. That's the first one I saw too. That's which out. which is so legit. So I le I I reached out to him. I just messaged him like, "Yo, dude, the cards are legit. Love yeah. it." And like, listen, he said thanks, and he's like, "Yo, send me your right away." He's like, "Send me your address. I'll send you some cards." Like. Some real I, physical cards, not the, the physical ones. Yeah, and I'm like, dude, like, thank you so much. Like, we're definitely gonna like give you kudos on our, you know, our our, our podcast. We'll do like an open boxing. I have it here. So uh, we haven't opened it yet. I don't want to show you my address. Yeah. I, I guess I should kind of. I'm not gonna show you my address, Just but it's in here. Just open from the back. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so then like I've been following him and talking to him, and then you know one thing that kind of rubbed me the wrong way, and this is going a little bit off topic, is like. You know, again, those keyboard warriors out oh, there God. who have to pass judgment about somebody just getting their art out there. Like, listen, this isn't copyright infringement. This yeah, isn't it's... taking something and turning it into something for his own personal gain. Like, look, the guy drew these himself. Yeah. And they're modeled off of other things. Granted, rounders, you know, poker players. Who cares? Yeah. Like he's getting some heat from like yeah they're like oh my like, god oh, you're I ripping can't off believe you did that it's like bro you think Phil Hellmuth has to uh, you know worry about like a cartoon image of him being drawn in, on a baseball card seriously like, come on. it's right. it's absolutely ridiculous but so l l the moral of the story is dude this guy's p putting his his you know his lifeblood into these things it's what he enjoys That's the doing Wild Bill yeah Wild Bill, Wild Bill Hickok yeah um. And it's just like anything else, man. He he's enjoys doing it, and he's trying to get it out there, make a little bit of money in the meantime. All right, so he sent these in here. What do we got here? What do we got here? So he sent us Mike Postel. <laughs> we talked about him on our, on our pod. 
right, let me show the. So it uh, comes in. A, it came in a little. I'll take a picture of it too, so we have a close up. A little so saver. We'll send it to everybody. Nice. So they can uh, they can kind of see it. So yeah, like so what read so. So it says. So you see here, it says broke fish one forty six of one thousand. So there's only one thousand of these that he made, um, and it just eat. You know, it's like it's like poke. You know, Pokemon cards or Magic the Gathering. He puts like a little like power thing, like what <laughs> what it is. Yeah, you got to read the Michael. Po- so, um, like so it says Stones Live, which is where the whole scandal <laughs> took place with Mike Postle and the cheating and whatever and the lawsuit and all that whole thing. So. When Mike Postle comes into play, your opponent plays with their hand revealed for the next 10 turns. (laughs) Then it says, Pokemon Power. When Veronica Brill comes into play under any player's control, search your hand, deck, and discard pile for any cards named Mike Postle and remove them from the game. Any effects causing players to reveal cards in their hand are null until the end of the game. And then it pretty much says, a poker pro accused of cheating wants 330 mil in damages, level one. <laughs> so this is cool as shit. Um, kudos to this dude. I'm re- I mean, I hope his stuff really starts catching fire. I keep seeing more and more of it, especially um, some of the physical cards. I see I see a lot of people that, that play live cash, carrying them with them to the table. I'm definitely going to be bringing this to the table just to give this guy a little bit more publicity and kind of tell him the whole story. Um, dude, the Chris Moneymaker one is cool as shit. <laughs> yeah, but, it's got, it's just, listen, it's cool for the game. Like, it's a little fun, like, unique thing. Like, you know, people, like you said, people were busting his balls on Twitter. It's like, dude, come on, just leave the guy alone. This is a cool thing. He's not making a million dollars off it. Like, it just, you know, it's putting some fun into the game. That's exactly what it is. It's, it's just, it's a little fun novelty that he's putting into the game. And so that's all it is. He has these all for sale on, on Rarible. Uh, if you go, if you go to his main page, Brokefish Poker, there'll be a link to take into his collection on Rarible. Um, talks about a little bit about himself, 33-year-old poker player and crypto enthusiast. You can actually go and see all the things that he has to offer and the price. Um, again, man, look, you never know when something's going to catch fire. You know, he sent us one. I've been kind of monitoring some of the prices on here. If I didn't screw up and lose my fucking access to my we want to talk about that. Uh, yeah, that's a whole nother. I show. probably would have would have tried to make a play for at least one of these. Uh, you got Johnny Chan. Um, this one's pretty cool. WSOP eighty nine Jam. Like <laughs> yeah, Space like, yeah, like NBA Jam. Yeah, NBA Jam. So yeah, definitely go on there if you're listening. Check his stuff out. Uh, give him a shout out on, you know, on Twitter. Send him a little DM like, yo, you know, I heard about you on the podcast. They were talking about you. You know, definitely keep your head up. Don't let them haters get you down. Um, Again, we're not paid to say this. He sent us free card, free NFT. But, yeah, you know, we're not getting. Yeah, exactly. We're not getting paid. We're for not his, getting paid for any of this stuff. But we just thought it was cool. We just wanted to give credit. That's all. And it was poker related, so we go with it. Um, but the other part of the NFT world that we're going to talk about, we're kind of trying to highlight some things that kind of stand out to us. Um, I guess you want to talk about this a little more. The Secret Pineapple Society on Theta. So yeah, so we, this has been very, uh, very nice. Yeah, it's been lucrative for us. Um, so we kind of talked about how Theta, um, they the Theta drop. They they've started their own uh, NFT marketplace where they first got hooked up with WBT. That's what kind of got us started with them. Br- piqued my interest. I brought it to Anthony. We started kind of putting our heads together, and ever since. Then they've done multiple drops for various other things, um, you know, other types of NFTs, unpoker related. 
but one of the most recent ones that they did, probably about what, like three or four weeks ago, they had a drop. Well, they actually had two drops. Yeah. Um, so it's Secret Pineapple Society. I- I'm on their their page. I'll just read what their uh, definition of it is. That's the first generative NFT project grown exclusively on Theta Drop. Owning a secret pineapple grants membership to the society where you will experience one of the first uses for Theta Pass DRM to exclusively access the stream chat form. So it gives you a lot of the same rights that other NFT projects have. You know, exclusive membership into their Discord, uh, airdrops for, for holders, special privileges and things like that. Um, again, so... They did two separate jobs, and I think the first one was to kind of test the market. They dropped 888 um, pineapples, p- pineapple containers on Theta. And what's great about Theta is it is not a bot site where yeah. if you have a bot running in the background, if you know the countdown timer comes down to zero and then you click buy, it's, like it's a pre-register, yes. pre-fund that is, site. It is one of the that's one of the best things about Theta. First off, it's easy to use. Okay, and we're we're gonna write like an article for nerd enthusiasts. Uh, I mean, I put it together a little bit, but like the three easiest ways to get into NFTs, I think I'm gonna call it or something like that. Theta is on this list. Very easy to get into. Very easy to deposit your money into. And the pre, like he's talking about. So basically, instead of just having to sit there and click, it opens up like 30 minutes or an hour before you click that. You well, want it actually opens up a couple. It, it well, opens ne- up 24 hours. Before. Yeah. Well, now they're yeah. doing that. So you click in there, like saying, "I want to get into there," and then you can decide if you want to pre-fund it now or you want to wait to see if you get one. So we've just been pre-funding it, so it's like ready to go. So once we get it, it automatically pays for it. But if not, they send you a notification like, hey, congrats, you won this or whatever. And then you decide at that point, do you want to buy it or not? So if you're like, eh, you know what, uh, I kind of want to buy it, so I'm just going to pass. But the pre-funding avoids all the bots. So I don't understand why other sites aren't doing this. Now, some of the other sites said they're starting to go to this, um, but now they are. Now, the other good thing about Theta is since the last time we talked about them in the WPT world, before you couldn't withdraw, they were still getting that process all together. Now the withdrawals are now open. You can get Theta fuel out. You can get cash out yep. of the system. So that was where me, I was a little bit weary at first because I was like, "Ah oh, man, like this this site could just go down and our money's gone." Like, yeah, I mean, we were we waited what about four or five? Well, about four or five months from our initial deposit before they even opened withdrawals. So, look if you're if you haven't gotten in on it yet. Look, the boat hasn't been missed. Yeah, you can it's still It's actually get in. just, it's like the, it's still somewhat under beta testing with the whole thing because, again, withdrawals just opened within the past month. So, um, with this most recent drop, this, the Secret Pineapple, I'm going to just kind of give you a little background about the artist. His name's James Simmons. He's, uh, the, his site says he has 14 years of experience working in um, the entertainment field, especially with art. In regards to uh, video games and like entertainment, uh, he worked for Zynga, um, which is a premier gaming company. And then he actually had teamed up with Warner Brothers, and I guess he helped art in some cartoons or movies, things like that. These things are cool as shit. So basically, what it is, um, and you're going to be like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" <laughs> it's legit a pineapple head. <laughs> yeah, and, I've, been, I've been explaining to people like, "What?" what and did you buy? It, it, characters are made. Um, on the pineapple so some of the characters that are easily recognizable they had a deadpool uh ninja turtles i saw donatello and a leonardo a splinter they had a shredder um robocop the mandalorian there's a couple yodas on there baby yodas homer Homer simpson's on there. homer simpson um there's uh 
there's a hangover. Ra- was what? there Rambo too? The Rambo. Minor? Yeah. So th- that that was the auction. So the ones that you could have gotten in the actual containers themselves were, again, random. Mm-hmm. Um, some are very basic. Some are yes. just like blue hair and a regular face. But then some are these unique characters, some of which I had just named. And I mean, listen, it cost one hundred ninety nine dollars to purchase. To purchase the the container, if you were selected, that's what it cost. So you. I, we can say that we bought four of them. We bought four of these containers. Well, no, we bought we bought one in the first initial, and then we bought four in the second drop. So we got five. Five total. Five total. So we got five total. We ended up selling four um, to make our money, make our profit, and then we are holding on to one at the moment. Uh, because it's a little more rare. It's got like a tiger face on it. It's got a theta symbol. It's got like a banana on it. So there's like all little rare things that make your pineapple more rare than the other ones. And so ours is priced a little bit higher because we think it's worth, um, you know, a little bit more. So we are holding on to one to stay in the club and stay exclusive in there. But I'll put some pictures up. I'll probably put the picture up of the one we have as well. But they are pretty cool. Um, you know, they kind of go off of the whole... You know the ape, you know thing that was yeah, happening. yeah, board board ape ape yacht club yeah, and all that, all that stuff. stuff. So it's it's kind of like that, but it is gaining traction. Um, again, theta has been so easy to use, and a lot more people are flowing into this. So I've seen a lot of the other projects like getting bigger and bigger. So this is something where I think it could go bigger because people that are looking to get into NFTs, this is something where. You know, they can buy a pineapple for the floor model right now as we say this is around one thousand to fifteen hundred dollars. Just for an open an open container. An open container yeah. for like an actual pineapple. That's the cheapest now. There's eight thousand eight hundred and eighty eight of these that were made in that drop. So but there's also a lot of containers that are still not open because you can just you can so you can get like it's almost like a pack of cards. You can get the pack or the container and decide if you want to open it. And once it's open, that's it. It's it's done. Or you could sell it as is and you don't know what it is. So we had sold a couple containers ourselves. We opened one ourselves earlier. We sold that one. And then we held on to the, the more rare one that we got. And we're kind of deciding, you know, what value that we're going to get for it or what, we, what we're going to do and see if it takes off to the moon or... You know, or we're talking about how dumb it was in ten years. So I don't know. We haven't decided yet, but I we mean, made, so, we made our money so far. So that's so let good. me put it. Just let me just put some things into perspective. So on the site, which is really great, the marketplace, you can actually see like the latest sales. You can see the things that have been the most recently listed, and then you there's a link that it says top sales, right? So again, I'm just putting it in perspective for you. It cost $199 to get a container. There was only 8,888 8, of them. They retained 200 for special drops, right? Mm-hmm. So 8,600 out there. So top sales, one sold for 58,000. The Deadpool one, 49,000. Uh, the character, I can't remember his name. The dude from, the dude from, um, show me the picture. From Hangover. Uh, uh, with the hair, with the baby, Zach, yeah, yeah, yeah. Zach, Zach Galifianakis. Galifianakis. Yeah. Okay, that one with, with the with the little baby pineapple, forty five thousand. The Mandalorian, 40, th- and we're talking dollars, not dollars. The, yes, forty five thousand dollars. A Dracula one, thirty three thousand. Robocop, twenty nine thousand. Like the numbers on these things are absolutely ridiculous. So they had an auction, right? The auction had three special characters. One was a predator. One was a Rambo. And I can't remember what the third was, but the Predator one, it was hot. 
<laughs> it was hot. Yeah. Sold for a hundred thousand dollars. That's crazy. For like, you know, yeah. They cleared ten mil in sales within I want to say two and a half, three weeks. Yeah, and so once you get yours, you can decide if you want to hold it or resell it back on the marketplace. What's the what's the commission? Ten percent or fifteen percent on these? I forget. What they, they t- uh, I believe Theta takes ten percent on every sale. Yeah, ten yeah, percent so on if every you sell, sale. Resell it, but yeah, I mean, if you want to take a gamble, man, you got a couple extra thousand dollars to mess around with. This might not be a bad investment. Um, the floor has dropped a little bit, but it's still going pretty solid. Um, there's still sales happening every day, and I have a feeling as some of these containers get down to the, like uh, the last couple ones that are left, it might start shooting up because there is out there what a Darth Vader that there's would, a Vader that ha- I haven't no seen a Vader. Seen no one's seen it. Yet. There's a Spider Man. I haven't seen the Spider Man. Like there's still some rares that haven't. I don't know if they've been opened claimed or, or they or just opened, haven't put them or, on the market. They just haven't. Yeah, exactly. They haven't been listed for sale yet. Um, but there's a dude. There's a Skywalker one, which is hot. Um, I mean, the guy's ambitious. He's asking for like 199,000. But <laughs> yeah, again, but you like know what? you mean, never know. Somebody like these bored apes and the crypto punks. I mean, they're worth millions. Exactly. Now. So like exactly. You know, we we might be watching and go, man, I can't see some idiot spend a hundred thousand on it. But then guess what? That idiot turns that into a million dollars. It's like, oh snap, that dude just made. Nine hundred thousand dollars on this investment. So it's like if you got an extra thousand, this might not be a bad gamble. So what people need to understand is this, and this is why we feel that the risk is worth the reward. Is eventually the plan, from what I understand, is even though you can only buy and sell on Theta right now, eventually they're going to allow you to remove your individual NFTs and move them into your wallet. Yeah. Which you will then be permitted to upload and sell on other platforms like, like OpenSeas or and, FTX or yeah. Crypto.com. Again, they're trying to stay with Theta because that's their cryptocurrency. But eventually, they're going to open that platform up so that, yeah, right now it's a closed market. Everything's done on Theta. But you could be one of the first people to throw something on OpenSeas that that entire market hasn't seen because, again, Mm-hmm. This is new and in its, in its infancy. There's people out there who have no idea what Theta Marketplace is. I mean, you and I can can kind of attest to it. We've we've just popped into other marketplaces just basically because we missed out. Like, you know, we'll talk about it in a future pod. But Vivi, for example, like that had been around for a year. And we just found and out about it. And we just found late. out about it like three weeks ago. And I mean, that marketplace, comics, yeah. uh, Disney, Marvel, well like, like. They've they've pretty much taken that whole market and they've signed a deal with WWE. We've talked about it. One of our, our like it's it's and it's crazy is if you're watching this, you're probably in the NFT world. So you're probably like, oh, no shit, idiot. We've known about this. But for someone else that's just watching this for the first time or you're kind of looking this up, dude, I, I mean, I know a lot of smart people. I know a lot of people like in the know in the world. And dude, like. I'll have conversations. They have no idea what I'm talking no about. They're, they're like, what is an NFT? So, like I said, there's still definitely be money to be made because this has not gone to the next level. It's still, as much as there's a million podcasts, there's a million things out there, I'm telling you, it's still not mainstream. It hasn't got to the point. Now it's nope. coming because a lot of, like we saw the Katy Perry drop is coming up. Yep. And a lot of these artists are starting to realize, music oh, snap, NFTs. there's music, movies, there's money to be made. So, it's going to explode where I realistically think like two, three years from now, like it's almost Christmas time right now. Like 
people will be buying each other NFTs for their Christmas presents. I mean, I know that probably already happens, but I'm saying like my grandma will be like, what NFT do you uh -huh. want for Christmas? And yeah. you're like, yeah. you know, like yeah. I, that's a real possibility. Like my kids will probably, cause they're all into like Fortnite things. Like, you know, what NFT skin do you want for your player this year? Exactly. Like, that, that could yep. be a realistic reality and they're going to have to go on open seas and purchase it and send it to my kid's wallet. And so he could have it. That's where it's going. So, you know, jump on the ship. We say this every month, but we've, realistically have made more money with nfts this year than we have with poker so even though it's a poker podcast we're, we're i mean we're, we're telling you our place from the nft world and what's happening and where the money still it's seriously is. i mean the way i look at it is this and this is how we'll end it it's a minimal risk you've spent you i know someone out there listening have spent 200 on something that is absolutely worthless today yes and you you know you're always thinking like man if i had only known the same thing. Like if I had only known then what I know now, you know, if I had put that two hundred dollars in the Yahoo, how much that would have been? Like this is this is that. Like, yeah, it's this moment is that. It's definitely that. It's definitely like I wish I invested in Google or Yahoo or things like that. That's it right now. You got to buy the NFTs. Like get in there now. And again, not like you know. I think Gary V said it. Who I'm a big fan of. He said, you know what? He said it's the same thing, and he, he's a big supporter of NFTs. He said it's the same thing as back then. There's a lot of dot-coms that busted and went belly up, and there were shit now. But in that mix, there was also the Amazons, the Googles. Uh -huh. You know, all the big ones were in there. It's just a matter of, like, you got to be playing the field, trying to grab some of these up, because a couple of these are going to shoot to the moon. It's just a matter of having them in your pocket yeah. when they do. Yep. So. yep. But uh, that's all we got for you guys this month in the edition of Nerd Enthusiast Poker Podcast. Thanks for listening. Make sure that you follow all our other social media platforms for Nerd Enthusiast, including the blog, nerdthusiast.com. We put up an article every week on there now. We got content flowing on there. Uh, we also have a Patreon where you can support our company uh, grow. All the money goes back into the company, like buying equipment and things like that. Um, also, you can go to our TikTok, which has been doing very well, our Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter. We do usually a giveaway every other week on Twitter and Facebook for some cool, like, nerdy stuff like movie posters, video game um, swag, all kinds of cool stuff like that. Check that out. And uh, you can reach me and Brian on our Twitters, um, Itahogi. He's not, well, what is it? King0513? Yeah, Brian, yeah. So I might be changing, though. Might, might be changing. I might be random followers soon. Random follower, possibly. So uh, thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Uh, please feel free to leave comments on all these videos, good, bad, or ugly, and we will get back to you on it. So thank you. See you guys See you later. later.